Halloween and welcome to What the Truck. I'm Dooner here with the dude, Michael Vincent. <laughs> you usually say that. Hey, welcome to an eerie fall day here in Chattanooga, the heart of Freight Alley. Dooner or Freddy or whomever you are. <laughs> welcome to the show, brother. How are you? I just realized something. It's going to be really hard to operate this on. It, with this it is. On, so I got to take, take it off. I'll slip it back on after I get uh, the LinkedIn comments up. But you know what? <laughs> We got sent some Halloween stats from our friends at uh, Coupon Lawn, right? Yeah. We're looking at those, and uh, Americans are going to spend, this is a pretty big impact, and it's not surprising, but Americans are going to spend 10% less on Halloween this season. That's uh, an $800 million loss industry-wide. It's an $8 billion <sighs> industry. Yeah, that's uh, it, those numbers are are huge, but they've also been kind of dropping over the last four years, right? I mean, yeah. we've, uh, the total spend not not that much has been a steeper step this year, I guess. But you know, uh, the bigger number to me really is the telling number, I guess, about this year is when you look at it, the growth in the number of I don't knows. It's like thirty one percent of the of the people are I don't know if I'm going to take my kids trick or treating or not, which uh, to me. It, it's kind of like they don't know what the participation is. They're really not sure if it's socially acceptable to go do this, whatever it happens to be. So, um, you know, I know my neighborhood is usually a knockdown party, and and uh, this year it's it's kind of subdued. It's kind of subdued. We'll be we'll be having a party at at my house uh, in the backyard only. Yeah, we're going to be doing some stuff at my house, maybe within the apartment building. You know, if you look through some of these stats that, that, that we were sent by Coupon Lawn, you can see that a lot of, uh, so one in three adults, right? They don't plan on going trick-or-treating. Right. A lot of them, I think, are going to Aldi like we did, getting some pumpkins, pumpkin yep. buying, jack-o'-lantern making is, is way up in the numbers. So uh, the one thing that I found interesting here, too, is that the one core group, they looked at, they looked at Gen Z, millennials, mm. Gen X, and baby boomers. And the group that is the most out on Halloween is Gen X. We're down, uh, we're down 19%. Wow, Gen X is, is uh, boycotting this year, I guess, right? So yeah. what year, what is Gen X? What year is Gen X? I don't even know when the generations are, to tell you, tell you the truth. Gen, I mean, it depends on where you define it, but Gen X basically could be from like, I don't, I don't know, 1965 to 1980. Oh, okay, I got yeah. you, right, because I'm yeah. right on the edge there. I'm, I'm a boomer Xer, I guess. Boomers yeah. are like the least, they've never participated, have they? That much. Uh, not much, not much. <laughs> I, and I'm kind of in that category. I mean, I'm yeah. a, uh, I'm like, a, I'm a Gen X millennial, 79. So kind of like right on that tipping point between yeah. the two sides. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we have uh, we have a really cool video too that we want to check out right now. It's uh, it's it's a product that Samsung's putting out. You know, this is this is actually a five year old video, Michael Vincent. If we can get it up on the screen, please, we'll let you guys take a look at it. There we go. Check it out. So. What you're seeing right now is a truck, right? And this truck has a panel on the back. It's like an LED screen that's tethered to the dash cam on the truck right in front of it. And you can see what's ahead of you. But you can also see there that RAV4 driving like an idiot and still yeah, cut absolutely. off the, uh, the truck. <laughs> yeah, they certainly did. I love it. I thought this was new stuff. I, I, it'd really be useful if you were stuck in traffic and it was like controlled by a universal remote. You could like change what was on it. 
right? No, yeah, I 100% have to agree with you. And uh, You can entertain it. We should be up on LinkedIn soon. I hope we're up soon. We uh, Hopefully we'll, we'll get up there and uh, they can see our awesome Halloween set. If not, you guys can check this out on demand. But yeah, the tech, I mean, I think, do you, do, could you see fleets deploying that in mass or do you think the cost would just be too prohibitive? The, the cost is probably way too prohibitive, yeah. <laughs> I would think, right? And it, I mean, how, how do you do it? How are you going to make deliveries and pickups, right? You need the, the foldable screen, I guess, which would be uncre- incredibly expensive. Yeah. It, and then you need a roll up door and a, or panels or whatever it happens to be. But yeah, it's pretty cool. But yeah, too expensive. Hey, speaking of inflation, right? So inflation happens in creeping ways. So if you have like Netflix, for example, yesterday Netflix went up a dollar, premium went up two dollars. But even the cost of pumpkins, even the cost of pumpkins, Michael Vincent, 2019, 404 for a pumpkin. This year, 418. But if you're smart and you went to Aldi, right? Dollar, <laughs> dollar right here. Yeah, that's what we do. To thank not, John I'm Paul not. Hampstead's mom for that that hot tip. <laughs> oh, was that, did she cut it? <laughs> no, she. Uh, no, J- JP was telling me uh, his mother had gotten COVID, right? Oh, oh and I, th- I yeah. think she's recovering fine, but she'd yeah. gotten COVID, and he's like, "Man, she has COVID." But the first thing she does is call me and say that there's cheap pumpkins at all. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> all right, man. Let's tip the band. Triumph Pay partners with brokers and shippers to process carrier payments. With nearly eighty thousand carriers paid, Triumph Pay provides a simple solution for your carriers to manage their payments in one place. With Triumph Pay, carriers can upload and submit paperwork, manage their payments, and connect to brokers directly from anywhere. To learn more, tell them, dude. Go to triumphpay.com immediately after the show. Then go get your pumpkin, carve it, and let's do some Halloween. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get into some headlines. Boom, bam, boom, boom. All right, shipper confidentiality issues are arising during this broker transparency hearing at the FMCSA. <laughs> now, the funniest thing to me about all of this is that this started like at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. And now it like doesn't matter as much. And yeah. they're, they're kind of, and then shippers are like, you know, it's like, uh, it's like two exes arguing over like a girlfriend or something. And then the girlfriend's <laughs> like, hey, wait a second. Wait a second. What about my information? What about my privacy? Right. So OIDA, the SBTC and brokers and carriers are arguing about transparency. The shippers say, hold the phone, right? So the question becomes, should broker transparency laws be reformed? And how does the issue of shipper confidentiality play into that? I, it's, a, it's a great question. It's really a great question. But uh, you know, from from uh, Kingston's article, you know, uh, one commentator put it put it this way, and, and you know, just saying about the brokers, is, you know, giving what the shippers what they're charging the shipper onto the carriers is, is really if the carriers don't don't like it, it's none of their business. And if the carriers don't like it, they can go source their own shippers uh, if they choose to, right? <laughs> so kind of like you know, we're not giving it to you if you don't like it. Go get your own, go get your own your own your own uh, shippers and source your own freight. So, so, um, you know, I don't know. Meanwhile, one carrier said uh, the brokers are bullies. If you ask too many questions, you'll be back blackballed and put on a do not use list Whoa. Uh, for this type of thing. And, you know, there's all kinds of arguments, right? I mean, because right now you have to go there physically in many places to look at it if you want to see what the what the details were. But what I mean, the carrier says the brokers are bullies. If you ask too many questions, you'd be blackballed and put on the do not Useless, but I mean, run your business, know your cost per mile. Why do you need complete transparency to know what the margin is? Yeah, you I need know. to know your own margins. What do you need to know the broker's margin for? Yeah, I, I, I agree with you personally. I don't, I don't like the, I don't think there's a need for the transparency law. I don't even think there's a need for the other one. It seems like it's just a, you know, because they don't have to do it unless you re- request it, and then they can produce it just physically. You have to go to their office to get it. Uh, I think the comments are a little bit abrupt about go get your own carriers. But I think the problem is you, you start to forget that 
they're two different transactions. It's the broker charging the shipper and then yeah. the, the carrier charging the broker. And there's different value adds and services that are in play there. And so it, it doesn't necessarily translate directly to can the you carrier. Believe, from oh, the hold on, I can you believe this stuff? Trey Griggs, Freight's uh, top rapper, is saying, what's up, fellas? Loving the wheel of stupid questions. But the carving, what happened? Was it done in the dark with your offhand? No, Trey. It was done by my six-year-old, and I think he did a fantastic job. <laughs> Great job, Rowan. You did an awesome job. job. Everybody boo Trey. Boo. 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 Go back in the dark, Trey. Boo. Jeez. Dissing the kid's <laughs> pumpkin. Holy cow. That's not right, All Trey. Right. Well, <laughs> what else is going on? What else is going on? Okay, so will this be a record-setting season for carriers? So last week, we are at a 75 on the DHL Supply Chain Pricing yeah. and Power Index. This week, still at a 75. We're getting stuck in, uh, in neutral a couple weeks in a row. We rolled backwards a little bit. DHL su- Supply Chain Pricing Power Index for you, that, for you that do not know, 100 fully in favor of the carriers, zero fully in favor of the shippers. Uses yeah. a bunch of data and analytics within Sonar. Um, what do you make of this? What's going on? So, you know, the volumes have, flattened, have really flatlined this week, and there's, uh, but, uh, I mean, they, but, you know, they flatlined at 150% over last year. Yeah. <laughs> so let's just, keep, let's just keep that in mind. But here's something to look at as well is Jay Sol, who's an analyst at, at UBS, he believes that the U.S. holiday uh, sales will fall 10% to 12% year over year for soft-line goods like clothing and accessories. He also believes that we'll see a holiday uh, head fake in which the early shopping data is promising, which it looks like right now, before seeing spending decline after December 1st. Sol's bases his theory in part on recent survey of U.S. shoppers' intentions. This year, 41% said that the economy would affect their holiday spending versus only 28% last year. So do you think that holiday head fake is really a thing a lot of people have been doing their shopping consistently that we won't see all that rush buying? So a lot of the shopping you're going to see now, it's not going to extend for multiple weeks on end. I'm not sure I'm fully convinced of that. I I am convinced of this next point, though, that in terms of capacity, and this might not be... might not be as big of an issue this year, but it's definitely yeah. going to bleed into next year. And that has to do with the truck driving stools, right? 28 of them were surveyed. 22% of all truck driving stools are currently closed, either temporarily or permanently. Current throughput is only at 57% of pre-pandemic capacity levels. Thus, carriers can order all the trailers we, they want, right? We've been seeing yeah. these record numbers of trailer buys, but there's nobody there to pull them. Well, they're not going to move. Yeah, if there's nobody there to pull them, then this, then the the you know entry of capacity into the market isn't really a, a play, right? Yeah. Isn't isn't really a factor. And I agree with you. I'm not so sure. I buy the 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 commentary by souls. I, I, I think that it's been extended. Yes. You had that pull forward, right? With Amazon. Yeah. And I think that's affected things. And I think that the buying experience of the American consumer over this year, knowing that the cycles are very, very long and the, uh, you know, there, there's been a lot of uh, people spouting that it's, it's going to take long during the holiday season. So I, I tend to agree with him about the spending, but I don't know if it's going to be less or anything like that. And we got to remember, Flatline at 150 percent over the volumes last year. Yeah. Rejections are slightly down, which you know, yay well, for the Cra- shippers. But it's still one in four. Wayne Craig says, "I don't want more regulation." He's a driver, so he's yeah. got an opinion. I don't want more regulations. What I do want is a safety net for smaller carriers when the economy tanks. How that happens? Not really sure. But when prices went below a dollar a mile, it got ugly. Hence, uh, now the driver shortage. Yeah, I mean, there was a, there was a good time there where you just did, there was no reason to get behind the wheel. You can just sit home and collect a check. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's changed, though. They haven't approved the stimulus in a long time. No, they haven't. They haven't. And it doesn't look like they will until probably after the first of the year, I would imagine. 
And we do have a quick question here, and this is uh, Tony Pack. He says, guys, great content. I have a question regarding type of vehicle to transport dry goods. I have motor coaches I would like to transform to transport products. Do you see any major issues with this except pallets? Dry gas vehicle to transport. Motor coaches? Yeah. It seems like motor coaches would be better for packaged and non-palletized. Non, uh, How are you going to drive a forklift into the motor coach? That would take some major renovations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, much like the, the airlines removing the seats from the upper deck and trying to put pallets up there. Very, very, you cut a hole in the side of it. I mean. Let's jump into Bob, Bob LaLaga. He's the CEO at Open Doc. He might know about that. Let's bring yeah. Bob up. Bob, thank you for joining us today. How are you doing? Wow. So, hey, Bob, how's it going? You have a... Uh, so when you are not, so we'll, we'll get into the personal side first. When you're not busy working as the, the CEO over at OpenDoc, you're also pursuing uh, perusing men's fashion on Pinterest. So my first question to you is what is the best, uh, what's the best Pinterest board going for that kind of interest? Oh, my gosh. Um, I'd like to talk about that the whole time, can we? we <laughs> and if you want, man. <laughs> Just weave it into the conversation. <laughs> that is great stuff. I was a really bad dresser for a long time. And people would argue I still am a bad dresser. Um, but I, I just look up men's fashions. Uh, might be men's summer fashions, men winter, men's winter fashions. But um, if you do that, you'll find all sorts of cool fashions you can wear. Yeah, I've, I've always meant to do that. I, but in 54 years, I never have, as, yeah. as evidenced by what I wear on a daily basis. <laughs> I, really, I really just don't care. <laughs> or trying to blousing for advice. I mean, if you've seen any of our live events, you know yeah. that I, I wear a couple different outfits yeah. going on. Um, I'm a little mismatched today, though. I got a lot. Of, I got like Freddy Krueger going on, but I don't know. I got a little Shea Rodriguez. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> so, hey, Bob, so for those who aren't familiar, though, what is, what is Open Doc? You're kind of like the open table for, for, for doc bookings, right? That's right. That's it. That's exactly. It's kind of a play on open table. Um, so the idea is to create a, a platform, a centralized platform, where any carrier or broker can go, register, log in, and search for the warehouse they want to book with, and then book. Um, so it's a very simple platform um, for the carriers and brokers, but it also has a, a back-end piece that the warehouses use. Uh, and the warehouses use that to set up their schedules for their docs and their availability. So it has two parts to it. The open table-like part is more for the carriers and brokers to do the booking. Yeah, so, uh, can, Bob, can you speak to really where those advantages are and the efficiencies that are gained from a warehouse perspective in using OpenDoc? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, right now, um, warehouses are all over the place with regard to how they do this. So, some are first-come, first-served. Sometimes it's a range of time that you're given to arrive. Um, sometimes you do have an appointment if you're a carrier. Um, that um, is more like a suggestion. And so when you have a specific appointment time, um, it organizes and adds efficiency to the entire process. So it's not only beneficial for the warehouses, but also for the carriers. So they can plan their day better um, based on the fact that they know exactly when they need to show up and they're expected to be there. Um, but the warehouses like it um, because it aids in labor planning, it aids, aids in staging priorities, um, and it also reduces uh, the amount of overtime that their employees have to work. Um, and also just creates kind of this measure of efficiency that permeates the entire warehouse. Well, well Bob, you have, uh, I mean, you said the warehouses like it, and you've already had some market penetration here. You have companies like Cargill, Pepsi, Anheuser-Busch, Owens & Minor, GE, Ecolab, International Paper, et cetera, all using it. How did, you, uh, how did you convince them, or did it just not take much convincing at all? It didn't really take that much convincing. Um, 
they're out looking for systems to add efficiency in this area. And some of those businesses that you mentioned have actually been using it for a long time. Um, <clears throat> but it's gaining in popularity. And, you know, most brokers and carriers are aware of this concept of dock scheduling, and now most warehouses are as well. So it's not just a matter of, you know, making the switch. Uh, and that's actually one of the benefits of the software is it's SaaS, so it's all web-based, super easy to implement, super easy to set up. Um, and a lot of the warehouses that use it are up and running within a couple of days. That's awesome, Bob. So you guys now have a, a partnership with the guys over at uh, Doc Four One One. I know those guys; known them for a couple of years. Yeah. I actually have one of their original T-shirts. I should have worn it today. I, I, I forgot to. <laughs> yeah, I interviewed them. I interviewed them on an old show I did, Consulting Logistics, before yeah. I came over to Freightways. Yeah, absolutely. They're, yeah, they're really, really good guys. Can you speak to that partnership a little bit, there, Bob? How that how that kind of, you know, happened and and what the advantages are there? Were you guys teaming up? Yeah, yeah. Um, we love Doc411. It's a great company, and I think they're providing a really, really cool service. Um, it's, a, it's a perfect marriage. Um, so when the carrier broker comes to open Doc and they search for the warehouse they'd like to book with, there's a little I for information. And when you scroll over that I, that's the integration with Doc411. So it pulls in all the information from Doc411 so you can see, you know, all the, all the relevant information uh, related to that warehouse. You know, whether it's, um, you know, bathrooms or lobby or Internet access or other um, other items related to their facility. And you can click through to it and go right to Doc411 if you want to get all the information for that particular warehouse. So it's, it's a really, really good marriage that works well with our application. Yeah, I mean, what's open table without reviews, right? <laughs> have people, have people, so what's what's next for open doc so you added the reviews on here you're getting penetration with all these big companies so where do you go from here yeah so so the next thing is um continue to take in feedback so we're talking to our clients all the time um and just listening to what their needs are <laughs> yeah, surprisingly uh, we're talking to them and um we're building the next generation of open doc so um, it's going to have a lot more features, a lot more functionality, and uh, it's really going to speak to the, the needs of the, uh, of the warehouse uh, as well as to the carrier and broker. And, you know, one, one of those areas is getting more visibility into the analytics surrounding arrival times, departure times, um, carrier and broker performance, and, um, you know, being able to create scorecards. Uh, that's been a, a, a big ask um, in being able to get information that can feed into that um, type of application. Hey, Bob, before we let you go, we do have a listener comment. Uh, Rhonda says, Bob, are you involved in going after open real estate with all the open commercial space due to a change in the work structure via more remote workplaces? Are we interested in going after open real estate? <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not, I don't know, I was hoping that made more sense to you. <laughs> you know what, um, I, I should get that listener's uh, name and phone number, because maybe on the side in my spare time, I can create open real estate. There, there may be a market there. You were in the booking space, you have a, another company that does, that does similar things, right, with universities? Yeah, yeah so Appointment Plus um, is the name of that application. And that's a general scheduling system. So it can work for um, any type of scheduling application, whether it's a doctor, massage therapist, pet groomer, um, getting a lot of COVID testing scheduling um, coming through there. But that's, a, that's kind of the, the sister product to OpenDoc. Well, you know, after waiting in line for hours to vote, 
I think that maybe your next project should should be scheduling, helping out schedule there. That would be awesome. I'm just thinking of what you can schedule next, Bob. Well, so people who wanna who wanna use Open Doc, they like what they heard. Where do we send them? Uh, OpenDoc.com. Um, just the the way it sounds. And on the website, you can find out a lot more information about how the system works, um, as well as signing up for a free demo. And um, there is a, a number of ways to get a hold of us, whether it's phone calling, emailing, or filling out a, an information form. Wow. Th thank you very much. <laughs> thank you for your time today. Thanks, Bob. Happy Halloween. Thanks, you too. <laughs> Sweet dreams. All yeah. right. Bob Hitt we got now. He's the North American lead of transportation and logistics industry over at Salesforce. And, you know, if you were a salesperson, you're definitely familiar with Salesforce, but it's pretty amazing, like, how many other verticals Salesforce has expanded. And, Bob, oh, yeah. thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks, guys. Nice to be here. Hey, Bob, good to see you. So, Bob, you, uh, you want to talk today about driver engagement from hire to retire. That's pretty awesome. But, you know, there's some people who, before we even do it, let's set the table. There's some people who are like, Salesforce, isn't that a CRM for sales? That's yeah. the last time they touched it. How does Salesforce fit into the uh, logistics space beyond sales? So Salesforce, so Salesforce has a, a CRM. Everybody kind of knows about that. We have a service product that has actually uh, the most popular service project product out there for providing customer service. And at the center of all that is the customer, and we call that the customer 360. And what we've done is we've we've taken that, and instead of putting the customer in the center, we've put the driver in the center. So you market to the driver. That's recruiting. You onboard that driver. That's just like a salesperson, you know, working an account to make it active. And then you engage that driver. That's that's the whole service component and letting them submit tickets and get help because they're out on the road. They need that help. And it's just repurposing what Salesforce already has, but putting that driver in the middle of everything. Wow. Well, that's awesome. You know, one of our top stories today was talking about we we're looking at our DHL supply chain pricing mm -hmm. power index. And one of the things that we covered in there was the things to look for to look for coming up into next year. And that had to do with a shortage of drivers, especially with 22 percent or 25 percent, whatever it was of driving schools being closed. Um, is it getting worse from what you were seeing? Oh, it's absolutely getting worse. I talk to trucking company executives every week. And I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard him say, if I could have more drivers, I could have more revenue. Double my drivers, I'll double my revenue. Their, their constraint isn't trailers or tractors. It's not customers and freight. It's drivers. Uh, the drug clearinghouse has cleared out a lot of drivers. A lot of drivers have using, used COVID as a reason to kind of exit the market and finally retire. Um, and then we can't get drivers that are you know 18 years old, right? They're they, they can't start till they're 21. So some people get started in other careers and just stick with that. So there's a lot of challenges. Yeah. Can you speak to those challenges a little bit? Because we, you know, a little bit, a little bit deeper there. Cause you know, we were talking about all these record sales, like the third highest month in trailer sales, right. Yeah. And the capacity coming online. Uh, but there's nobody to drive these things. So how do, how do these companies overcome these, tra these challenges? Yeah. The, the way most companies are trying to overcome it is, is get really good at recruiting. And, I, and that's an important part of it, right? You've got to be good at recruiting. You've got to be able to go out there and get them. But I think one of the biggest challenges that, that companies in, in the trucking industry need to face is you've got to keep your drivers. And the way you keep your drivers is you listen to them, you respect them. Uh, we work with uh, Leah Shaver from NTI. I'm sure you guys know her. And, and it's the same message all the time. You know, How do you really just 
make those drivers feel like they're part of the team and respect it and, and engage. And that's what we're trying to use with Salesforce is, is get all this information so that the driver manager who might have 40 or 50 drivers, the dispatchers, the people in HR, they know all that stuff, birthdays, where they want to go, customers they don't want to pick up from, regions, all that stuff, and keep them. So to me, the big solution is you got to recruit them, but you got to keep them and keep them happy. I have two questions for you, Bob. What is just a quick one about what's behind you? Do you know what Lighthouse that is? Myself and Nico in the comments here are very curious. <laughs> um <laughs> I got that. I went up to see the leaves in the Northeast. It's somewhere between uh, Portland, Maine, and Boston. <laughs> oh, okay. You probably yeah. know better than I do, right? My uh, neck of the woods. I like that lighthouse. Yeah. I like a good lighthouse. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about onboarding? Onboarding at any type of job can be can be difficult, but especially with trucking. So how do you help out there? So I think the onboarding piece is, is where, you know, you, you got to have transparency for the driver and for the person in HR. They need to know all those steps, you know, the test. The, the drug testing, the clearinghouse, the background check, all that stuff. And you need to provide that transparency on here are the steps, here's the checklist. And not only does the company need to know it, but that driver needs to know it. And you got to share that and make it so it's really visible to them either on a web page or on mobile and make that first experience they have with the company a really great experience. That's, that's critical. Get started off with that driver the right way. Yeah, that's excellent stuff. So you you were talking about you know once the driver was on and keeping them keeping them engaged with the company and retaining them, and that, that's that's key to having enough drivers, right? Is retaining them as they can jump ship pretty quickly, and you can lose them. The turnover rate is is quite high. So uh, through the applications that you guys have, what are some of the things that you learn about the drivers, and you know how can you what other things can you do to better that relationship? Well, I think the first part is really capturing it. But then then after that, you know, you start tracking all the activities. So when do you call them? When do you email them? When do you text message them? And you capture all of those things in the system. You capture all the details about the driver in terms of, the, you know, their age and their demographics, how long they've been driving. And then you can start applying AI and predicting attrition. And when is that driver going to leave or if they're likely to leave? And if you think they're going to leave, then you could take steps. You know, most people in the industry say it's about fifty-five hundred bucks to recruit a driver, a new driver. So why not? Why not spend some of that to keep your existing drivers and prevent attrition and prevent that driver from going someplace else? And do that by treating them well. You know, if they've had a rough day, you get that feedback from them. You know, send them out. You know, a coupon to get a meal someplace at, at Loves or someplace. You know, just. Just making sure they're respected, treated, listened to, um, and capturing all that so you know you know when you're doing it right. Wow, wow! So you mentioned feedback. What has the feedback been? How have trucker have drivers been receptive to it? Are they seeing action? You know, things they're giving feedback to. Are they seeing results happen? So the the biggest key with feedback, and you could send out surveys. You can use Salesforce for this driver engagement to send out surveys either text message or web pages or email where they can just say thumbs up, thumbs down, happy face, things like that. The biggest thing we hear is do the people that are receiving it, those driver managers and dispatchers, do they take action on it? Do they, do they listen to it? If you get feedback and you ignore it, you're probably making your situation worse. If you get that feedback from them and then, you know, respond to it and let the driver know you heard them, man, you, you, you've got, a driver that's going to stay around a lot longer. Wow. 
Well, hey, so if drivers or, or fleets want to learn more, anyone else listening, they want to learn more, connect with you, that kind of thing, where do we send them? The easiest way is they can reach out to me, um, bhitt at salesforce.com. I'm happy to help you get in touch with your account executive. We can walk you through the demos and look at how the, the system works. Uh, you can go on the Salesforce website. There's a chat. People will engage you right away. Uh, and you just ask about driver engagement. We'll help you out. Well, well, hey, Bob, thank you very much for your time today. We really appreciate you having on. Have a happy, safe, and fun Halloween. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Take Thanks, care. Bob. Wait, so you said you know that lighthouse? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's Noble Point, Maine. Well, why didn't you tell him that? Because I, was, I, I couldn't actually see it until it came back up and you, oh, you were okay. on to another subject. <laughs> I didn't notice it at first. Yeah. And then when I saw it, I was like, wait a minute, I recognize it. Yeah, for, for us in studio, for you guys, just a little magic behind the scene. There's actually three cameras in front of the monitor screen that we're watching. So usually we don't really get a good look at the guest background until we check like the LinkedIn or the online feed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then we can really see it. Uh, yeah. Thanks for right. not telling him why the camera the TVs behind the cameras. Why? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, yeah, because of these things right here, you get instructions in your ear. All right. Here's our mid-roll. It's Fredos. You might be stuck working remotely. Who's not? But as the world goes digital, it's time for every aspect of your business to catch up, even your international freight. Fredos.com propels business growth with smoother shipping solutions, allowing you to compare, book, and manage your shipments all in one place. Plus, with reviews by fellow importers, and transport performance tracking, you can ship with confidence. As a What the Truck listener, yeah, you, as a What the Truck listener, you get a $100 reward for your first shipment of $1,000 or more. Just go to Fredos.com slash WTT and use the code Freight Podcast to sign up. That is FR8 Podcast for $100 off. What? You're off your first shipment. Yeah, that's what it's off. I'm still, I, I was delayed because we only get 50 bucks as being the host. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Which I well. don't think that's right. I don't understand. <laughs> we all get our, our, our drip of salt. Uh, Tom Curry <laughs> is up now. He's the SVP Strategy and Innovation at Kingsgate Logistics. One of my favorite guys. I got introduced to him maybe at the beginning of this year, and uh, we've been beard buddies ever since. Look at that shirt he's wearing. He, I know. This he's guy got the knows, old school, too. He's got this the, guy knows fashion. He, he sure does. Hey, Tom, how you doing? Oh, we can't hear him. Guys, can you bring Tom's mic up? So Tom Curry, he's got to play it forward for us. So will they fix Tom's mic? Let's see what he played for us. Guys, roll the tape. Yeah, this is going to be good.
Wow. Wow. He nice. has a, absolutely awesome. He's got a set of pipes on him, man. He has a set of pipes, and he, he can groove on that guitar. He can't. He I, was, that... uh, I wish I had my bass with me. I could groove with that, man. You had your uh, cowbell there with the solo, but you weren't prepared for that solo. And, uh, I mean, he just makes it. It was just a, a wonderful thing to get into. It's a little hard to play a cowbell while also wearing a, a, a free yeah. glove at the same exact time. <laughs> You're making time. me a little nervous with those on, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Tom, what's up, man? What do you hey, think guys. of this pump? Before we even get so what do you think of this pumpkin right here? Well, you know what? I had a pretty strong opinion about it, but once I heard your son did it, I have no opinion at all. I think it's the best pumpkin I've ever seen before. I think <laughs> yeah. Well, that seemed that, a little cowbell for that. There I'll give you, you your own little cowbell for that. <laughs> at first, yeah, you at know first, what's up. I, I thought you may have carved it with your hand there, um, but uh, <laughs> well, I guess I'll tell. Wait, I'll tell. I'll tell everyone a secret. I'll tell everyone. I'm like, I'm like Trey. I'm not mad. I'll, here's the secret, though. This was behind my car seat when I was driving behind my seat, and yeah. uh, my wife has like the seat way up when she drives, so I pushed it back, and I didn't realize that it goes so far back it could like squish the pumpkin. So <laughs> it, it's been through a little bit of trouble. <laughs> so it's hey, been traumatized. It's been, yeah. So we love the song. That was really awesome. Uh, what inspired it, other than what the truck? And how long have you been playing for? Well, so I've been playing since I was about in the eighth grade. Um, what inspired the song was I, I've watched you guys do play it forward over and over and over again, but we don't ever really get to hear you like lose it on that cowbell, man. Um, I, I think you're like super timid. I think, I think somewhere, I don't know if it's like late down at freight alley that you just, you just cut loose with that cowbell and yeah. go nuts. And so I just thought we've got to find a way to get you to really get into that cowbell, my friend. It's a live performance, Tom. You know this. You've been playing guitar for a long, long time, and after you hit the stage that first time and play live, it does free you up quite a bit. I think we need to. <laughs> I think we need to force uh, first live event we get back. Sooner does a solo uh, cowbell. I'm not intimidated by the cowbell. No, I did a TEDx I, talk this week. That was that was a little frightening. That was a little frightening. <laughs> but not with the cowbell. Not with the cowbell. Maybe that would have helped. Um, <laughs> so hey, man, you uh, you like to cavort with donkeys? I think we have a couple of pictures. What? what? Yeah, he <laughs> is like the encapsulation of every thematic we bring on this is show. He we the had don- all the donkey, donkey whisperer. We have a couple of pictures of him hanging out with donkeys. Oh, yeah, there we go. Out. Look at that beautiful. What is that donkey's name? Uh, so I think his name was Moses, actually. Um, I, I don't, I don't quite remember the name of the donkey. Uh, well, he can part I'm, my I'm river. Go with Moses. I'll go with Moses. Yeah. That's a sweet name. Did, did you play fetch with him or anything like that? Do you remember we had that guest on up in South Dakota or something? We had the donkey. Yeah, Earl. Yeah, Earl. Nate and Earl. Right. Earl. So I, I wasn't playing fetch. We were actually playing donkey basketball. Yeah. yeah. T- oh, tell nice. me about this. Tell me about this story behind this, though. Okay, so so uh, our our uh, community here, they were doing an event to kind of raise awareness for something that was going on in the community. And so I got a message that said, hey, would you want to come play donkey basketball on a donkey basketball team? And I, I was like, sure. I just said yes. I mean, I, if someone <laughs> asked me to play donkey How basketball, you, say no? you say yes. I mean, yeah, you don't you know what you're no. doing, right? And, well, and then I found out that we were actually riding donkeys uh, and playing basketball against another team of donkey riding basketball players. And so... It was so did, eventful. Did you uh, triple donkey? Did like what were your stat sheet? <laughs> so w- the best thing about it is I'm not a sports guy at all. So all your sports references I don't even understand. I don't know how many touchdowns we scored that day, uh, but <laughs> it felt like we had a really good game. I'll just you say know, that. You know, you should see the video of the slam dunk competition they had <laughs> with the donkeys. Yeah, <laughs> the, the kangaroos the always win. That was impressive. Yeah, with the guy in the gorilla suit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You always need him. Hey, Tommy, you want to spin the wheel? Yeah, let's spin it. All right, let's spin the wheel. 
Oh, that was a nice spin too. Even with it's the glove, on. even with the, with the gloves. Oh, 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 very topical. Okay, worst Halloween costume to wear on a first date. Ooh, um, wow, that's <laughs> gonna be. Um, this is this is gonna be tough, man. For worst Halloween costume on a first date. Um, I would have to probably say Dooner beardless. <laughs> that, now there there's now there now there's a freight mare well no I, I, a couple of years ago like i shaved and i was and then like i have you done that tom where you've you've like had the beard for a while then you shave then you look at yourself in the mirror and you don't even recognize that guy anymore and you're like i gotta grow this thing like i started just painting my like a beard on my face <laughs> i bought like uh you know i bought a face wig you know i just couldn't, I couldn't and say it. uh nope <laughs> listen, listen, my, my wife and I, we've dated since high school. And when I was in high school, I shaved my face one time, one time. And she looked at me that day and she said, do me a favor. Don't ever do that again. And I've never <laughs> been clean shaven since. <laughs> Matt Hennig wants to know if you were writing Stu Webb. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know what he means. What by did that. he say? He has, was he writing <laughs> Stu Webb? I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything to me. I was going to say that the worst costume on a yeah. first date would be um, any. A any costume? <laughs> any any wow. costume. Oh. I, mean, I, I don't know. I don't <laughs> if you know. show up on your first date wearing a Halloween costume just randomly, I don't know. Well, like if it was like Jeff Epstein, too, like that would be a bad one. That be, or, yeah. or Freddy Krueger. <laughs> Everyone knows Freddy Krueger. I know. That's what Everyone I'm knows Freddy Krueger. All right. We're going to give you one more, Tommy. All right. Let's do it. All right. We got it. Oh, this is a good one. I bet you'll have a good answer. What was in your high school locker? Ooh. So in my high school locker, um, there wasn't a whole lot in there, to be quite honest, um, mainly because I didn't, I, I didn't like to do anything. Any, the only thing that was really in there was all of my crap. So, you know, I had a high school locker that was like the bottom half was all just a bunch of crap that I was supposed to probably take home that I never did. And then it was just all my books because I never took schoolwork home. I didn't believe in homework. I would do it in class so that I didn't have to do it at home. So, yeah. Yeah. What was your locker? Nothing, nothing fun. <laughs> well, Mine was stuff you could get detention for. Yeah. yeah uh, uh, the things that I can divulge. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Random sports gear. Uh, yeah. And like, 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 like Tom said, the bottom half, I, I bet I just walked out of school the last day and never even bothered to look what was down there because there's a lot of accumulation. Well, Tom, you've put up you've put up with a, a lot of uh, nonsense from us today. So I know that you do your own show, or you you do uh, some clips on YouTube talking about tech and what Kingsgate's up to. So promote that. When does that happen? How do people find it? Yeah, so uh, we've we've been doing that every Friday for about the last fourteen weeks or so, and so we we call it Freight Tech Friday. We usually try to release something. We actually are releasing. Well, we just released today our most recent, um, which is about our new call-in manager that we built for our team internally. But we're about to change that up. So we're going to take a little bit of a hiatus, and then we're going to jump back with uh, uh, some more interesting content um, and do some do some new things. So we're we're excited about doing it. But you can you can see all the previous episodes. We've got them on our uh, on our LinkedIn, on our YouTube channel. Uh, go check them out. See a little bit about what we're doing, and and reach out. Ask me any questions you want. Wow. Well, hey Tom, we really appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for coming on today. Great. Thanks, guys. Take Peace, it easy, Tom. Rhonda says that she's a Catholic school survivor. They check their lockers regularly. I went to Catholic boys' school for high school for two years. And there, when you got detention, it was called JUG, which stood for Justice Under God. 
Yeah, and I'm, <laughs> I'm familiar. I went, I went all the way through university. <laughs> oh, wow. Through okay. the Catholic system. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The brothers didn't mess around. No, the brothers didn't mess did around. The sisters, man, they can they can swing across. Yeah. Well, and I was like, <laughs> I was like the the wise ass who, you know, when the when yeah. the brother would be like, say it again, you get another day detention, and I'm yeah. like, why don't you give me seven? Yeah. Do you have? Can you Are give you me thirty? No. But here's the thing. Here's a here's a secret <laughs> I knew. The train that I need to take back to my town from Boston. The train. Yeah. By the time I got, it was the same time. Like I didn't miss the train by doing detention. Oh well, there you go. So <laughs> no, you were, didn't matter to you. No, it didn't. So you were like Bender in the breakfast in the Breakfast Club. You're like Bender. <laughs> hey, we, we got a great story coming up right now. It's it's uh, Josu Ramos. He's general manager at J and R Trucking. Hey man, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Thank you. <laughs> where are you right now? Is that a whiteboard behind you? Yeah, I'm just right here, and uh, this is where I where I work basically. So you have a really cool story. Like a lot of us, you have parents who had a little bit of blood in this industry, right? Your dad was, your dad was a carrier, and he did what? A one-truck flatbed mm. for years. Tell us a story and how you got involved with uh, J&R Trucking. So basically, uh, I've kind of always been a little bit involved, uh, not so much with, like, uh, you know, what my dad was doing out on the road, but I was a little bit involved with just, like, maintenance and stuff like that over the years, and... Uh, late 2018, my 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 father he he kind of just got tired of it, you know, duh, just doing everything alone and and so he he basically came to me and he told me um, that he was gonna sell it or you know if I wanted to give it a go. Uh, at that time, he had a, a chauffeur who wanted to work with him for for quite a while, and so he kind of just you know. We, all, we winged it, and he, he kind of gave it to me, and he went to go work with another company. And, you know, it's just that's kind of how I how I, I really got into, uh, like, dispatching and, and just getting involved with the, with the money and, and just, you know, everything. I still do the maintenance and stuff like that, and you name it. <laughs> So you were you were uh, given this. I mean, from from your father wanting to carry on the family business. I, I suppose. I mean, were you reluctant to take it on, or or were you like, yeah, this is what I always dreamed of, or what? Yeah, uh, I, I was really reluctant uh, to be honest with you because uh, you know I I always saw my dad kind of struggling with it, and he really um, I don't know he didn't really make it appealing, and he just always pushed me towards going to school and uh, you know getting a, a degree and finding a job or something, you know, so he kind of never really wanted me to get involved in reality also. Um, but when he came to me, uh, it was because I was kind of just doing my own thing prior to that, you know, because I've always kind of just, I've always had that kind of entrepreneurial spirit. I did go to school, but I was, you know, hustling before and after school and, and I just kind of kept that on. And, and until he reached that point and he kind of came to me and he was like, Hey, well, you know, if you really want to try and see what real life business is like, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and, and give you the opportunity to basically take over whatever he had going on. You've also started OZX Logistics LLC in order to complement the carrier business. Tell us a little bit about that. So, uh, you know, my, my my dad, he's always told me that uh, back in the day, you know, he, since he's a really he's, he's a really good salesperson, I guess you could say. Um a lot of his, the people he worked with before he became an owner operator, they always wanted him to become a broker. And so he he would always tell me that, that that's kind of the the route he wished he would have taken because, you know, uh, it would have gave him the opportunity to be home a lot more. And, 
And so he kind of always he kind of plants that seed in, in my head that you know brokering brokering freight is probably a much more you know better idea in terms of uh, being in this industry and stuff like that. And so I kind of just you know we we've had we we have a really good a strong account you know but uh, you know trucks are very complicated and uh and getting drivers for them is even more complicated <laughs> and so it's just i decided that one of the best things i could do is you know to complement it is start that brokerage yeah so you've had this and been running this uh for what uh <laughs> little over two years, I guess, and and not the easiest two years to be uh, running a small company, a trucking company, right? 2019 was oh, not... seen it all. Two, yeah, 2019 was not stellar for... <laughs> Trial for, by fire. For, for carriers, and, and 2020, let's just face it, has been uh, a wild ride and, uh, you know, a dumpster fire and a boon at the same time. <laughs> how have you navigated that? Tell us, tell us about your experiences and, and how you've navigated that. What advice would you give people? Well... My my old man, he's always said there's always work, especially out here for the trucks, you know. And so, um, luckily, 2019 was a was actually a stellar year for us. Um, that show fair that he kind of uh, you know uh, said that you know like I'm gonna give you the company and I'm gonna leave this show fair and the truck. Um, he had a, a really strong connection with the broker, who uh, till this very day they move us very consistently and and they pay us really good, you know. And so. 2019, uh, it was a rough year because, not because of, you know, the industry or the money or anything like that. It was just a rough year because of the, the equipment and, uh, unfortunately, our, our show, that show fair, he passed away in, in, in September. Um, in fact, he, he crashed uh, the day after New Year's and probably like two weeks into working with us. <laughs> oh. And so those are just kind of things that, you know... Um, they were actually things that might have cost us our business, uh, but I, you know, there's just always solutions, you know. And so, for anybody out there, I would say just, you know, just look for a way, control what you can, and and uh, just just keep trekking. When the pandemic hit, um, we actually didn't really feel it that much because we were so overloaded with work and it was so consistent that. When it hit, I mean, they stopped one of our trucks, but I kept on moving. Uh, I, I started dispatching him, and so it's just, you know, and, and we're in flatbed, you know. Flatbed got hit quite, you know, really yeah. hard, and we still managed to, to you know, be profitable and, and keep the wheels moving because of prior connections my father had made, um, and it's just, you know, get at it. Hustle. Hey, you shared a you shared like a little a little folk tale on LinkedIn that I liked. It it was yeah. the investor was uh, at a small so it's about an American investor and a Mexican fisher, right? And it says the investor was at a small pier at a Mexican coastal village. He saw a boat dock with just one fisher. He complimented yellowfin tunas he had caught and asked how long it took. He replied, "Only a little while." He asked, "What do you do after? What do you do after?" And the Mexican replied, "I sleep late, fish a little, play with my children, take siestas with my wife Maria, and stroll into the village." The investor proceeded to explain that a 15-year plan would uh, really help. Him work an IPO. So the Americans said, uh, then you could retire, move to a small coastal village where you could sleep late, fish, and play with your kids. <laughs> what does that mean to you? And, and are you on that uh, trajectory? And so, you know, the funny thing is, uh, I mentioned I'm Mexican American because I'm kind of, I feel like I'm kind of in the middle, you know. Uh, 
you know, I understand the, the, the Mexican point of view and the fact that, you know, and I, it was in reference to, to me, what it means is, like, I, I like to spend my time with my grandparents a lot and, and just my family in general, like, like most people, you know, and so uh, when I started doing this, I've spent a whole lot of time, you know, dedicating to try to make this happen and just trying to progress and, you know, uh, grow and whatnot. And so I've sacrificed a whole lot of time. Uh, that I used to actually spend with my grandparents and my family and et cetera, you know? And so yeah. it's kind of I was like, going to say, because you, know, you, have, you have another post, you have another post up that you're like, you're up at four in the morning loading, uh, loading a truck up and, <laughs> and dealing with the, uh, the tough side of the business, you know, the real hard yeah. stuff that require you to set the alarm clock extra, extra early. You got to beat <laughs> the, uh, the roosters up. But I like that, man. So you are, you're, you are the Mexican and the American, the Mexican-American, the fisher and the investor. How do people reach yeah. out and learn more? Well, you can uh, reach out through LinkedIn, um, and that's probably the best uh, way to, to actually reach out to me. I'm, I'm usually on LinkedIn. I'm not really on any other social media, um, and I would say that's the best way. All right, man. Get on Twitter. I'll follow you. That's where I like to hang out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take it easy, man. Have a, have a happy Halloween. Likewise. Bye-bye. All right, man. Time for a little... Good news, bad news. Oh, all right. This is an all-animal edition, too. Oh, it is? Yeah, it's all animals. All right. All All animals. I'm ready for it. All right. So here's the bad news. Did you know this, that they're using forced monkey labor to make coconut products in Thailand? The monkeys are forced, here, get this, they're forced to pick up to 400 coconuts a day, and then they're locked into cages. It's a tourist trap over in Thailand. It's in this thing called the Monkey Center, where tourists come and they watch the primates learn how to collect coconuts for uh, 300 baht, which is about 10 bucks, and kids can catch the show for five. So you, you get a little kid discount if you bring your kids with you. So you've got people to watch your labor to pay for your labor. Yeah. So it's like a show, like the monkeys pitching. They've monetized wow. it on both sides. Yeah, they have. <laughs> so you can't, maybe not, maybe you can hate the ethics, but not the business acumen. But, yeah. but, but a lot of people are. So PETA says that no kind of shopper wants monkeys to be chained up and treated like coconut picking machines. PETA President Ingrid Narek put out in a statement. Well, Costco agrees. Costco, now they've raised some awareness to this. I, I don't know about you. I had no idea that there was like this I sort of no like monkey no. primate slavery thing going on with coconuts. No. Me neither. Well, it's a real thing. Costco knows about it, and they are no longer going to use monkey-harvested products. Neither is Walgreens, Food Lion, Giant, and Stop and Shop. They've all pulled them. But you know what? A couple of places haven't. Target hasn't, uh, and Kroger's. They still have some of these monkey-harvested products. Yeah, well, I'm gonna. I'm, I might have to avoid those. Yeah, I'm not sure I want monkey harvested products I either. I had, I, mean, I had no idea this was happening. I had no idea that there were forced labor camps for monkeys. Yeah, I didn't either. <laughs> I will avoid the uh, those particular products. <laughs> hey, I've got some good news too. Yeah, you, Dooner. Yeah, you and you in the audience. You you can you can finally you're finally going to get a chance to pet a panther. All right, and pet it, the panther's belly. A wow. full-on experience with the uh, with the with a panther. <laughs> well, right? full contact experience. Yeah, have wow. a full contact experience. Well, those usually it, cost it, more. It, guess what state we're talking about? What? <laughs> <laughs> Dwight, Is this the Tiger King? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it's not. But close. Dwight Turner paid one hundred and fifty dollars for the full contact experience with a big cat named Dasha at a Florida animal sanctuary. Whoa. 
Yeah. Yeah. In Davie, Florida. If you've ever been to Davie, Florida, there's not much room for an animal sanctuary in Davie, Florida. No. And you started with good <laughs> news here. So I think something horrible is about to happen. Yeah. The, yeah, the bad news is it didn't go so great. So once Turner, uh, Turner got into the cage, Dasha pounced on him, ate part of his head. Whoa. And Turner needed multiple surgeries and had to have his scalp reattached. Kind of a scalp? Wow. It tore his scalp off and ate part of his head. So have you been to one of these these exotic petting zoos and would you like want to take selfies with lions and things like All that? Right, so that that's a great question because what I did do once when I was living in Miami is they did have uh, an experience with with uh cheetahs I think they were but they yeah. were small cubs right mm-hmm. and and you could you could touch them like briefly while the trainer held them so it wasn't yeah. that big and they weren't very big. Yeah. Right. Um, so that's it. But I've never been to any one of those other exotic type of zoos there. There is one at, down in Florida that I've been to that is like uh, they got elephants and giraffes and you drive yeah. through with your car and that type of stuff, which is a little different. Well, uh, there was there was a rest stop. It just closed down in Louisiana. It was an exotic rest stop and they had a, a camel there. And this couple, they were throwing um, their dog was blind and they were throwing yeah. treats to the dog. And the dog went into the camel like paddock. It's cane. <laughs> and the lady jumped in after it. And then the camel tried to squash the dog. So she had to bite uh, the male camel on, um, you know, the most intimate part of its body. No. Yeah. <laughs> Her dog was fine, though. Her dog was fine, though. Um, Needless to say, we do not have video of this. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm against those <laughs> exotic petting zoos. I don't want to give yeah, money to them. Yeah, not. I don't not give money. Or, or the monkey harvesters. Yeah, yeah. Here's, here's some really good news, though. Here's a good one to end on, right? Well, here's some bad news. You're a five-week-old kitten, and you're frozen to the wheel of a semi-truck. Yeah, that's not, that, that's that not doesn't good at sound all. good at all. No, it's not. <laughs> well, according to CDL Life, a good Samaritan was able, here's the good news, a good Samaritan was able to rescue the kitten frozen to the semi-truck wheel in Colorado thanks to some help for the driver. So passerby is walking by. They're seeing that beautiful cat right there. Five-week-old cat stuck to the wheel. The driver, he goes, he grabs some warm water. He poured it on, like, the, the kitten's paws, all gentle, just poured it on his paws and its tail, and he got the cat loose. They brought it over to the Dumb Friends League. It's a nearby animal shelter where they were able to mend this cat back to health, and I think that it's five weeks old, so a little young to be adopted, but pretty soon in the near future, you could go down there and you could pick up that cat if you're in Colorado by the Dumb Friends League. Wow. They're going to get inundated now. Yeah, I, I hope so. I hope they I get hope the cat a good do. home. That's, that's amazing. How did it get I, stuck on the wheel? I, I don't know. I mean, the, the, I, I don't know. I, maybe somebody dumped it. You know, people <sighs> people dump cats in strange places, and, True. and 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 you know, maybe they. I don't know. Do you but feel bad dumping a five week old cat though? Yeah, I would absolutely. I, I'm not saying that I do it on a regular basis, nor have I ever. <laughs> wow. Just to clarify. <laughs> wow. Aaron Smith Texas, and there's Florida being featured again. Ha ha. Gotta love the Floridian. Yeah, Florida man. Florida be like. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a wild stuff. Hey, what do you? So, what are you doing for Halloween? Uh, yeah, so uh, we've uh, I'll be grilling out. I'll be barbecuing yeah. and and having uh, friends over. I'm going to have a, an outdoor, socially distanced party in our back in our in our backyard. Nice. I've got all my blow ups in the front of the yard. We're going to take them in tomorrow. Set up a nice party in the backyard. We'll have fog and all that kind of fun yeah. stuff. Well, you're a little underdressed today. Are you going to dress up for Halloween? I am dressed up for Halloween. Okay, that's your thing. You're like the kid who's a little bit too old to be out trick-or-treating, I've, who's just there to, like, beat up another kid I and take am his a, candy. I am a 54-year-old kid. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> That's your costume. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Uh-huh. I like the obscure reference. I'm actually up, dressed up as a character who dresses up as their favorite character. Well, hey, I want to uh, thank everyone who joined us today. Rhonda, Wayne, uh, even Trey, even if he's going to attack my kid's pumpkin. 
Uh, <laughs> Poor Drake. And everyone else who's in there, Nico, Nico Brown. Um, to Monday on What the Truck, looking forward to it, though. Monday on What the Truck, we have Michael Castagnato. He's the president of Robinson Fresh. Oh, nice. Robinson Fresh, big man. Hear about the world of reefer, what's going on with, with Robinson, dealing with uh, one of the most delicate and, and demanding parts of their supply chain, that whole fresh division that they have there. That's, yeah, absolutely. It's gone really well for them. Yeah, yeah, it really has. That's going to be really interesting. It's a, it's an interesting vertical. Very, a lot of details and things that you don't think about. A lot, very interesting. I, I love to hear about that stuff because I've never been really in the operations of that particular vertical before. Yeah, have you? Uh, in the in I've I've, I've in done fresh fish. Fruiters? Oh yeah. yeah, that's right. You've done yeah. fish. That's correct. And then fish air exports and, and imports. Yeah. Not fun. Not fun. It's like twenty. It's really twenty four seven job. Talk about anxiety. <laughs> yeah, really we also is. have uh, Bill Clement from CRST. Right. Oh, all right. Great. Yeah. We have a. We're gonna get metal. We're gonna get metal on Monday to Trent Zubery from the Kraft Heinz Company. He is in a metal band. He's got like actual music videos too. He's he's played a bunch of live shows. He actually like wrestling. He was he played at a uh, an impact taping recently nice. with his band, and they're gonna they are gonna melt some faces. It's gonna be a good time. Oh, is it going to be yeah. a band uh, video or? It's a band video. So oh, he's going to come. He's going to play us the band video, and then we're going to play a little wheel of stupid questions with them, and and <laughs> get awesome. into it, and be like. You know, you could be working at Kraft Heinz and you never know you got a metalhead next to you. Although you would know it, Trent, because Trent has like really long black hair. And, oh, is he pretty, yeah. he's pretty out there? He's meddled out. Yeah. I love it. I mean, he, I he lives the part. I love it. I and we also it. have one of my favorite guests, Stephen Bidboodle. <laughs> the Bidboodle. He's got one of the best cameras in freight you ever seen on the last Yeah, Bidboodle is back, funny. huh? Yeah. It's been a little while since we've talked well, to Bidboodle. So he was with Truck Stop. Yep. And now he's moved over to another company. So he's still getting acclimated over there. And he was like, and I was like, hey, man, I really got to get you on what the truck. And he goes, well, you know, I'm kind of new to the comment. I don't know what I would talk about. And I was like, dude, we have a wheel of stupid questions. We'll just spin this thing with you. We'll have a good time. We'll catch up with you. You know, when has it ever stopped anyone from coming on here because we don't have a topic or, or yeah, a no, good no. reason? Just, we'll make something up yeah, as we'll we go. Yeah, we'll make something up. Absolutely. I'm, I'm excited to talk with Ben Butel. I used to love to see, you know, you have those people that you always look forward to seeing at the different events. Yeah. Ben Butel is one of those guys. Yeah. And Ben Butel has been coming and involved with, coming to Freight Waves events since the very, very beginning. Yeah. Uh, he's been involved with, with Freight Waves. Uh, and yeah, I just, I, I like Steven. Great yeah, guy. he's a good kid. And then on radio over the weekend, we're going to have uh, Ben Cross. We're going to have Matt Walsh from Trophy Smack. There's a really good story on our website about um, about Matt Walsh. And I think it was uh, Solomon who did it, Mark, Mark Solomon. Yeah. And he has, like, this fantasy football slash – it's a really interesting story. But he's, he's also got a beef with uh, – fulfilled by Amazon. And the oh, danger does. of putting all your eggs in that basket and oh, what okay. can happen when there's problems with their system and getting things resolved. So he'll have, like, kind of a survival guide for for doing that with Amazon. And then, of course, as always, we always have a trucker to get their view from the road. Of and course. Wayne Craig will be coming on, and he'll be giving us uh, the eyes, ears, sights, and sounds of the road on a very special Halloween edition of Freightways Radio on Road Dog Trucking. I'll be listening. I don't know. Do you want to be, be on? Yeah, I've got time. All right. I'll be on. <laughs> and him, and he'll be on. He'll do the Why news not? with me at the beginning. Let's do it. 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern time. Sirius XM's Road Dog Trucking Channel 146. You can find this show on your favorite podcast player of choice by looking up What the Truck. Or, if you want every Freight Waves podcast, look up Freightcast. What did the producer just say? Oh, who's talking to me? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, was, I wasn't okay. on camera, so it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So... What are we saying here? Oh, Freightcast, right? Look up Freightcast. Get every single Freightways podcast. Download the Freightways TV app. Watch everything for free. Connect with us on social media at Timothy Dooner. That's D-O-O-N-E-R. Michael Vincent, the dude. Find us out. Be good. Trick or treat. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Wear a mask. Peace and love, everybody. You are listening to What the Truck.